0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director, Charts and Data Operations at Billboard.
1: And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director,
0: West Coast. As always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time surrenders the number one spot on the Billboard 200 after 12 weeks in a row As a familiar face returns to the top of the list, one Miss Taylor Swift with her former number one, Midnights, as it jumps back to number one for a sixth non-consecutive week. Just how did Swift come back to number one? It's a little complicated, but we'll tell you all about it in just a moment. Plus, Swift's latest single, the Midnights track Karma, freshly remixed with new featured guest Ice Spice, surges up the Hot 100, jumping 27 to 2 a new peak.
1: Also on the show, we'll talk about the new song popular from The weekend's HBO show, The Idol, which features Playboy Cardi and Madonna. Hey, Madonna. (laughs) Plus, Olivia Rodrigo seems to be counting down to June 30th. But what is coming at the end of the month? A new song, a whole new album, a tour announcement. Let's talk about some fan theories that are floating out there. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay,
0: let's do the chart chat. First up on the Billboard 200 albums chart, after 12 weeks in a row and numerous albums that have been blocked by one Mr. Morgan Wallen, his one thing at a time surrenders the number one slot, not to a new album, but to an old one that's already been at number one, Taylor Swift's Midnight's V set jumps back to the top, climbing three to one after the May 26th release of two new deluxe editions of the album, along with a new color vinyl variant of the original standard album all of which we detailed in confusing, lurid detail on last week's show. Now, while Morgan steps away from number one on the Billboard 200, he's still atop the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart with Last Night, notching a ninth non-consecutive week at number one. Now the most weeks at number one for any song in 2023, surpassing the eight weeks at number one from Miley Cyrus's Flowers. Any reaction there, Katie?
1: I mean, we saw the writing on the wall when Taylor announced a bevy of things for Midnight's, and, you know, she doesn't miss. Here she is back at top, up top. You know what she needs to do? She needs to start her own record label. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, uh, she probably could have done that after making the move away from big machine but you know Taylor's always got a plan so you know she needs the UMG power behind her you know that's it's yeah. just how Taylor works yeah but you what if she started up her own new label called 13
0: records or Taylor's version records, <laughs> or the thirteen version.
1: I don't know. Quick and side just, note. Quick side yeah. note, real quick. Just the Taylor's version reference made me realize. Did you see that Paris Hilton put out a new version of "Stars Are Blind" with oh, Kim Petras? Uh, oh no, I didn't. The, oh, yeah, so she but she re-recorded it and she called it "Stars Are Blind," but blind. K- parenthetical: Paris's version. And I was like, "Wow, Taylor's impact—that <laughs> that is now the way you mark a re-record." Wow! Wow! <laughs> right? Wow!
0: Well, yeah. While we while we contemplate uh, Paris's version of "Stars Are Blind" <laughs> and the possibility of a record label from Taylor Swift, um, the latter of which I'm super eager to find out if that could ever happen um let's talk a little bit more about how midnights got back to number one so it earned two hundred and eighty-two thousand equivalent album units in the united states in the week ending june 1st now that was up a minor 389 percent compared to the previous week of course all according to luminate that's the second biggest week of 2023 for any album Second only to the opening week of One Thing at a Time with 501,000 units. Plus, Midnight's sold 196,000 copies last week, plain old traditional album sales, the biggest sales week of this year and the biggest since Midnight's itself debuted at number one last year with a little over 1 million sold. Well, like 1.1 million sold in its first week. So how did she do this? How did she rack up these humongous numbers? Poor Katie, his eyes are just going to start to go blind. Um, yeah,
1: you know that I would love to hear every last detail about Taylor Swift. Please continue. <sighs> okay, so
0: on May 26th, Swift released a new deluxe edition of Midnight's. It's dubbed the Till Dawn Edition. Through digital retailers, you could buy it as a digital album, Through Swift's web store, you could purchase it as a digital album and through streaming services, so you can go listen to it on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, etc. This 23-track album includes the original album's standard 13 tracks, plus the seven bonus tracks from the earlier released Midnight's The 3 a.m. edition, which came out on October 21st, basically a few hours after the original album's release. And it had three bonus tracks. Hits Different, which was previously only on the Target-exclusive CD edition of the standard version of Midnights from last year. A new version of the standard album's Snow on the Beach, which originally featured Lana Del Rey, and now it features even more Lana Del Rey. And a remix of the standard album's Karma, now adding Ice Spice as a featured artist. The Karma remix, alongside its official music video, also premiered across streamers and digital retailers as a single on May 26th. Swift and I Spice gave the first live performance of the track at Swift's May 26th The Era's Tour concert at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. In addition to the Midnight's The Till Dawn Edition album on May 26th, she also introduced a further iteration of the album named Midnight's The Late Night Edition. She could have called it The Late Night Edition, (laughs) A-D-D-I-T-I-O-N, but she called it E-D-I-T-I-O-N. So this 21-track version contains the original standard album's 13 tracks, plus five of the seven bonus tracks from the 3AM edition, and three bonus tracks the previously noted new versions of snow on the beach and karma along with a previously unreleased track titled you're losing me from the vault parenthetical uh, from the vault The late night edition version of the album is only available as a CD sold at merch stands at Swift's The Era's tour stops. And that started on May 26th in uh, New Jersey for $10 and was briefly sold through Swift's web store for 24 hours only as a digital album for $5.99. You're Losing Me is exclusive to the late night edition of the album and is not available to stream anywhere officially nor sold as a standalone track as of this recording on Monday, June Mm -hmm. 5th. Of course, that could have changed by the time you hear it, hear this. So there is no word on when or if the late night edition of this album will be widely released, nor if You're Losing Me will be released a la carte as a... As a one-off track.
1: Do we have any intel about whether it was sold at the Chicago stops that just happened this past weekend at the Ayers Tour?
0: It was, at least on the first
1: day, okay. I
0: believe. And I believe that, um, like she has done in previous uh, tour stops. The merch stand, I think, opened up the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was selling uh, merch on June 1st, Thursday, though I have seen on the secondary market, these albums are going up, going are being sold for a very high price because they're collector's pieces. Yeah. Um, and it's a little unfortunate. And this is my personal opinion. It's a little unfortunate that uh, these CDs are being resold for sort of exorbitant amounts of money to Taylor Swift fans who, um, really just want to hear one song and also have a piece of, you know, a collectible, but it just, it's very price gougy right now. I
1: was thinking too, when I saw um, an announcement about the speak now Taylor's version that's coming out in July Man, this is a it's quite the time financially to be a Taylor Swift fan, because like there's a new variant she put out of the Speak Now, Taylor's version, everything that you just said that you could buy for midnights, of course, tickets themselves for the concerts. It is uh, it's you know, I hope you got your wallets ready, Swifties, if you want it all, if you want to collect it uh, all.
0: <laughs> yeah, Swifties, by the way, you probably maybe you were one of the Swifties that purchased the other new color vinyl variant of midnights that came out in time for last week's tracking week, the love potion purple marble color variant of midnights, uh, that was available in select independent record stores, uh, starting on May 26th. And of course was briefly available, uh, for sale in her web store a couple days earlier. And, uh, people who pre-ordered the album, that version of the album got it during the tracking week. So a lot of drivers, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, A lot of things happened for Taylor, and we're only, what, midway through the
1: tour? I don't know. Yeah, it goes all the way through August in uh, Los Angeles, here in Los Angeles.
0: Well, staying with Swift... (laughs) Let's do it. It's the the almost exclusively Swift edition of the chart news this week. Uh, Karma surges 27 to 2 on the Billboard Hot 100. A new peak following the release of its Ice Spice Enhanced Remix. Plus... Hits different, which I mentioned a second ago, there was that Target exclusive cut that was only on the physical CD at Target, debuts at number 27 now that you can actually buy it and stream it. Uh, Plus, Snow on the Beach reenters at number 30. It was already a top 10 hit back when Midnight's Day came out that same week. Snow on the Beach debuted
1: and peaked at number four on the Hot 100. Um, One more question. I'm not I'm not letting you off the hook on Taylor yet. Okay. Um, just wondering whether Ice Spice is credited on Karma at number two on the Hot 100. Uh, yes, Ice Spice is
0: now credited um, uh, t- typically when more than half of the total consumption of the track on the Hot 100 is by the the new remixed version or the new iteration of it. We credit those artists and mm-hmm. now Ice Spice has a number two hit on the Hot 100 this week. Man, she's having a year. Good for you, Ice Spice. Lastly, also on the Hot 100, as Lil Durk debuts 15 songs from his new album, Almost Healed, which also starts at number three on the Billboard 200, by the way, Dua Lipa's new Barbie movie soundtrack song, Dance the Night, debuts at number 43. It also launches at number 17 on the Pop Airplay chart, which is Dua's highest debut ever on the list. I was going to
1: say, that's a pretty, that's a high debut
0: for Pop Airplay. It is pretty high for Pop. And how high is it? Well, it's the second highest debut on the Pop Airplay chart Mm. this year among all songs. The only song to debut higher was Miley Cyrus's Flowers which started at number 16 in January.
1: Well, should we move on to some news, Keith?
0: Yes, I'm waiting with great anticipation. Time goes
1: by so slowly. (laughs) Some might say. So on Friday, The Weeknd dropped his new song, Popular, from his HBO series, The Idol. And he has some featured guests along for the ride. Of course, we have Playboy Cardi and madonna sure and so we had to talk about it obviously um but let's take a listen to the song first okay so i'll go first as the you know madonna fan but not stan of the podcast here um it sounds very early 2000s to me in a great way. Like, I, that's an era I love. That very spare kind of Neptune's beat. Oh, that's a good. Uh, that's a good. Re- by you know the way, what I we mean? Haven't talk,
0: we haven't talked about this yet. That's a good. This is us yeah. talking
1: for the first time. Yeah. Like the the first time I heard it, I think the thing that struck me most was the beat. I, I, I absolutely love the production. I think it's great. Um And i also am just thrilled because it is a i mean it's called popular it is a pop song it sounds very poppy um you know the weekend obviously can go a lot of different directions with his music there's you know stuff that leans more hip-hop stuff that leans uh more kind of indie underground this is a firm down the middle pop weekend song for me at least um And I'm just excited to have Madonna on a song like that, because I think she purposefully has been very experimental with her own music for the past, I don't even know, 10, 15 years, where she's kind of not really necessarily aiming for like top 40, whatever. So to have her on a very currently, uh, you know, relevant artists, very poppy song has me very excited. I don't know how you're feeling about this, Keith, but... Um, I like I like my queen of pop being on a pop song, you know.
0: Uh, yes, to all those things. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't shared any opinions about this at all uh, to social media or anything. Uh, no one. Um, you heard it here first. You heard it first. That was an MTV News reference for all you <laughs> young people. Um, <laughs> it's so wackadoodle that. Madonna the Weekend and Playboy Cardi are all on the same track. Yes. However, it does feel like Madonna has laid the groundwork for such a thing, you know, over the past 10-ish years. You know, she has collaborated previously with Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne. She has done kind of left field remixes that were not expected that were kind of TikTok fueled with Saucy Santana and, you know, Sickick, uh, a number of other people recently on Frozen that I'm now forgetting. So, you know, and and then also I think her love of all things TikTok and sort of Instagram and viralness, I think, has kind of led to this in a way where she is no better to, you know, give commentary on what it means to be popular in pop music, Mm -hmm. popular in pop culture, and popular especially today as the queen of pop, you know, uh, participating in this song for a soundtrack to a TV show about someone who becomes a pop star. Now, I have not seen the show, but on paper, this all kind of seems to make sense. Yes. Um, Sonically, she isn't a really large part of the song but she's noticeable because she has her own kind of segment of the track. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting the way her vocals were um, processed to where they seemed very kind of smooth and purposely meant to match and blend with The Weeknd's vocal mm. um, because okay. they do sing together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Will we ever see this song live? Ooh, that'll be crazy. But it's interesting. I think it's fun for her to kind of be like, sure, let's try this. This scene. And and like, who better to try something with than The Weeknd, who not has like the literally the biggest song ever on the Pot 100 with blinding lights? Like you cannot get any bigger than The Weeknd, nor I think can you get any bigger than The Weeknd working with Madonna? And that's not lost on him either. Like he talked about how he's like, Come on, Madonna, I would love to do a whole album with you. And she co signed mm-hmm. that idea. And I'm like, Okay, yeah, sure, he guys. wants to co
1: produce. He it's funny, he corrected himself. He said, co-produce. I want to produce a Madonna album. And then he said, Co produce because duh. Madonna, yeah, would
0: yeah, obviously produce. You're, not, it as you're well. not doing
1: that on your own weekend, but um, and I think uh, we have barely mentioned Playboy Cardi because his part is probably the smallest of the song, he has a little like repetitive part that they throw in um throughout the song and uh, it's apparently it's the first time The Weeknd has worked with Madonna but it's also the first time The weekend's worked with Playboy Cardi I think it's an interesting choice it's like like just like you said it's like she he chose Madonna to nod to the the tv show that this song is for but also kept it very current with the Cardi you know piece of it as well so it's I, it remains to be seen how this song will do. I'm guessing, Keith, you can't tell us a thing about, you know, chart projections for next week or anything. I honestly don't have any. I mean, yeah. w- because we're recording
0: this on Monday, um but we, it's too early. It's a little early. My initial reaction is that it may take a second. Like if they actually work this to radio, like maybe it mm-hmm. could sort of be a grower. I don't know if it's going to have like some explosive, huge debut, like, oh, it's in the top 10. Like, I don't I don't know if that's going to happen.
1: But it could be to your point, like his current the weekend's current hit Creepin, which is with Metro Boomin and 21 Savage, I think um, they that Creepin is one that creeped. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, to the top 10 and then hung is hanging out there for a while and then obviously die for you. His song from 2016 that then, you know, came back because of TikTok. The weekend doesn't always shoot out of the gate, but often gets finds love from radio, you know, months later. So, yeah, this could definitely be a slow burner, too.
0: Yeah. Also, also Madonna. Yeah. Madonna herself hasn't been on the Hot 100 since uh, it's been a minute. I think I think Madonna's well, last song on the Hot 100 was "Bitch on Madonna," and that right. was right. And we should say to the ago. people
1: that, like, obviously you know about the Queen's remix of "Break My Soul," but Madonna was not credited on that because, to our point, we mentioned earlier in this episode, uh, if a remix is not more than fifty percent of the activity of that um, song on the chart, then the you know feature is not credited. So. Um, yeah, I when I heard the song, my first thought was Keith has got to be thrilled. Like, regardless of how well it does, it's going to be on the Hot 100 next week. That's me saying that, not Keith. I'm pretty sure it'll be on the Hot 100 next week. And it, therefore, Madonna will be on the Hot 100 next week, which is very exciting.
0: Yeah. And then me. and then I don't. Well, Katie, I don't know where you're going with this. Did you want to go wherever you're going to go with the next thing? No, you I go don't, ahead.
1: Well, I was you just going to
0: say, like, this is. It's 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 a wild time to be a Madonna fan right now, because last Friday we get a new song from The Weeknd, Playboy, Cardi and Madonna. And then this Friday we get a new song from Sam Smith and Madonna together. Oh, oh, also on the same day, Christine and the Queens has a new album and Madonna has three features on it. But I, I'm not sure what Madonna's doing on that album. Maybe right. it's very sort of like limited features. I mean, I'm not going to get too excited about that, but it's like. Uh, it's it's a lot. We're we're getting a lot, and I'm I'm all she's here for it. She's clearly
1: gearing up for the tour. The celebration tour starts soon. Uh, yeah, she's she's feeding the people, and yeah. we like it. Don't think and that we will not
0: come back next week and talk about the Sam and Madonna track.
1: <laughs> we shall. Yeah. And um, also just to mention that Popular is on the Idol Volume One soundtrack, which the weekend announced last week is coming out on June thirtieth. So. That's another week that, you know, the song will probably get a boost because the whole soundtrack arrives um, that day.
0: Speaking of June 30th, Katie.
1: Speaking of June 30th, big day. Because uh, this past week on Friday, Olivia Rodrigo sent out an email to her fans featuring a countdown clock to... June 30th. Uh, That countdown clock can also be seen currently on the homepage of her website. And then on Saturday, fans noticed that on Spotify, when you listen to driver's license on the streaming platform, there's a, like a little, license like a fake driver's license that uh had a i think her actual birth date on it originally and now the date the expiration date has been updated to june 30th 2023 and so people are sort of thinking that she's saying june 30th is the end of the driver's license and sour era and the start of something fresh and new so what is that fresh and new thing um there's a lot of theories floating out there we don't know yet Olivia has not said yet. I would say I would put my money personally on a song. Like, I think we're not we're not getting like an entire, you know, sophomore album from Olivia Rodrigo on this day. In my opinion, she could pull. I guess it's not really surprised she's telling us about the day, but I think we'll get a new song from this new era then. But you know, is it a song? Is it an album? Is it, you know, tour dates or some sort of concert announcement? Is it an announcement of a song or an album and not actually music that day? Keith, do you have any any thoughts?
0: What day? What day of the week is June thirtieth? It's a Friday. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, I would assume. I, I I don't think there's any there's any possibility that this is an album drop that day. No. Um. She. Is the art she's a kind of artist that needs runway still? For I mean, she doesn't need she doesn't she can just drop an album digitally and streaming, she doesn't have to put out physical, but I think that she would probably benefit greatly if she had physical albums in the marketplace and that takes a little bit of time to get out there. Um, so she would probably benefit from a typical I'm going to drop a new single on June 30th and announce my album that is coming out, you know, eight weeks from now or six weeks from now or whatever it is. Um, but I mean, it's been long enough, I suppose, since Drivers license and the sour era so this kind of this kind of makes sense and that's really exciting yet another yet another now probably our most newly minted recent pop female superstar to uh, give us more music this summer because there's no there's no shortage of new music from our favorite pop divas and i'm just going to lump olivia in there and say you're a pop diva whether you know it's and it's a good thing it's a good thing
1: I am looking forward to hearing what kind of sound she goes for, because I mean, this has truly been she had a very um, traditional, you know, track as a new artist where she put out uh, a song in January 2021 that, you know, blew up. Then she put out her debut album in spring. I think it was April 2021. Then she was nominated for and won Best New Artist at the Grammys in you know the year after. And then she went on tour and did that tour in the spring of 2022 as well, which wrapped like, I think, early summer 2022. So we have truly not heard from this woman in one year. Like, we have not seen her um, performing. The things that we've seen her do have all been in service of other artists. We saw her, you know, support Lana Del Rey at Billboard's Women in Music after the year after she herself won Woman of the Year at Billboard Women in Music. We saw her... Um, supporting um, like Billy Joel at a Madison Square Garden date where they showed up and they performed together. Sure. We saw yeah sure we saw her supporting Alanis at like the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame like there's been all these things that she's been out and giving all these legends and idol you know people inspirations her their flowers and but we have not heard a, a note from her she has not been featured on a song she literally like closed the you know gate on Sour last spring and we have not heard from her so I am very fascinated to see, like, is it going to sound like sour? Is she going to have a new direction? Is she going to have a new look, a new style, a new, you know, it's truly like a new era starting for her. And she's a very exciting artist. We've only gotten one album from her so far.
0: She's going to be blonde and it's going to be a a hip hop record.
1: Exactly. No. And I'll listen.
0: I don't think it'll be (laughs) any of those things. um, Uh, Yeah, I know. It's going to be it's. Also, can you imagine like I mean, I, nah, I don't want to get too lost in this, but like, I mean, imagine the pressure to kind of, you know, going into this where it's like you could not have um, lined up the kind of success and fortune that Sour brought her like that's yep. just like it all worked. It all worked on paper and it actually yep. worked in real life, too. And so oh. it's like, OK, no pressure, but you know, she also has the goods, you know, she's, she's an incredible talent. So I'm like, well, I'm super excited to hear whatever the thing is on June 30th. Now I hope it's actually something as opposed to I'm introducing a new cosmetics line. I'm like, okay, that's (laughs) that's exciting, but not the kind of exciting I'm looking forward to.
1: You know, Lady Gaga kind of did that exact same thing to people like two weeks ago. She had the like big announcement coming tomorrow. And it was like, she was getting carried at Ulta in the UK, like with her house of beauty products or whatever
0: i've got a new lip gloss
1: it's the chromatica (laughs) 5 i'm like no Uh, okay well we will obviously uh keep you well informed of what is going on with olivia rodrigo as we hear more well now
0: it's time for the chart set of the week 40 years ago this week well it was a heck of a week on the hot 100 songs chart On the list, dated June 4th, 1983, the following future mega hits all debuted on the chart, all in the same week. This isn't all the debuts that week. This is just some highlights. So the police's only number one hit and the eventual year-end number one of 1983, Every Breath You Take, Duran Duran's future top five charting hit, Is There Something I Should Know? Another future top five hit, Stevie Nicks' Stand Back, Prince's 1999. Shockingly, it didn't become a top 10 hit. It peaked at number 12, but still one of Prince's best known and beloved songs among so many of them. David Bowie's China Girl, the second single from his Let's Dance album following the chart-topping title cut. China Girl would eventually peak at number 10. And Michael Cimbello's Maniac yet another future number 1 it was lifted from the Flashdance film soundtrack and was the second single from the album following Irene Cara's number 1 Flashdance what a feeling which was also number 1 the same week Maniac debuted on the chart so anyway there you have it it's just a flashback to the Hot 100 40 years ago this week um it's a grab bag Hot 100 I, grab bag it's basically what I do is when I'm trying to do these chart stats, I go through the Hot 100 or the Billboard 200 or other charts, you know, for the same week that we're posting the show. And I try to time it with like... 10 years ago, 20 years ago, what a 30, 40. And I just happened to look at 40 years ago and I'm like, okay, the top 10's interesting. I wonder what debuted that week. And as I'm scrolling down, I'm like, every breath you take, Duran, Duran, Stevie Nicks, 19, FN 99, China Girl, Maniac. I'm like, wow, this was a heck of a week for pop music what on the chart. What a time. So anyway, <laughs> it's just, it's you know, I get lost in our chart archives and this was one of those days where I'm like, you know what, let's just talk about how this week was really great. That's all. Um, Do we have any parting words, Katie?
1: You know, I don't I don't feel like I do. Okay. (laughs) do you? you? Um, uh,
0: Well, we'll come back next week when we'll be talking about Madonna and Sam Smith, most likely. Please. And uh,
1: and uh, what song should we go out on? Probably one of those uh, 1983 songs that we did not just hear. Oh, well, um, why
0: don't we go out with uh, Maniac from Michael Yes, Simbela. please. All Always. Right. We'll go out on that and see you guys next time.
1: Bye. She's amazing.